Hello, and welcome to another episode of Shop Talk. Jonathan? Howdy doody, partner. <laughs> Great. That's what I was waiting for. I think that's five <laughs> weeks in a row, and it's been different every week, so you're going to run out of ways to do it. I'm oh, just... no. Okay. Oh, no. You know how many languages there are in this world? So you're going to start learning languages. Uh, dude, my Rosetta Stone is on point right now. I have a lifetime subscription. Okay. Sounds good to me. Um, so I look forward to next week. Yes. And and what the Rosetta I, Stone I need to may practicing. <laughs> <laughs> and what the Rosetta Stone may or may not bring to the table. Um, well, we'll play catch up, but first let's go ahead and uh, introduce. We have a guest with us again tonight. He's joined us for uh, again. I'm uh, back. Yeah, it's JT. Uh, and we brought him back tonight because we're going to, to discuss. I think we're on our third arc now of this whole adventure biking thing. Last week, we picked up a little more of the gravel bike sec. Tonight, we're going to talk more about just bike touring and some of the things that are involved in bike touring. I like the way I say touring. You do. Touring. It sounds very sophisticated. Bike You're aiming tour. for that you. Yeah. Uh, but before we get started with a little catch up, Jonathan, good week for you this week? Hit or miss? Yes or no? Maybe? I'm not dead yet. Well, that's good. Yeah. So that that's that's come back. So yes. that's good. How was Disneyland? Oh. Oh, you missed that. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's, it's he's nice. A w- I haven't I haven't uh, hit up um whatever Star Wars chingy yet. Ah, mm. You know? I'm afraid of the crowds. Um <laughs> but he's a uh, you know what? Though. For what it's worth, like they're not as busy as I remember it. So I'm not against it. So yeah. Cool. It's nice though. It's nice. I'm yeah. going again. So. And I think since we were last together, uh, you actually got out on your bike. I did. I went gravel riding. <laughs> of nice. course you. Of course you did. Yeah. No. Very nice. You, uh, solo. Solo. Yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, from my house in Lake Elsinore to Hemet, um, and Trina picked me up uh, after work. And oh, cause she, that's right. She works. Yeah, out yeah. There. She's she's out in San Jacinto, and uh, I took me took me four hours to go thirty miles. It was hot. It's not bad. I for ran you. out of water. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I ran out of water like three three miles out. Oh, so well, you drank all your water in the first three miles. Oh, dude, no, no, not even that. <laughs> like, no, not three so, miles in. So three miles I took, out. <laughs> I took two water bottles, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, by the time I got to Kaiser, the Kaiser Hospital on Keller, which right. was only eight miles away, uh-huh. and still only on the road, right. I had already drunk one bottle. Right. So I stopped. I went into the hospital and I filled up. Okay. Yeah. Did you hit gravel? I mean, did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was on Rawson Rawson Road. Rawson Road. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good one. Out to De Portola and whatever, and then into Hemet. And then so I rode into Hemet, and Trina picked me up after work. So, yeah. It was hot. So I know that the last time we were all three together, we talked about my adventure bike mock-up. So I've got it sort of mocked uh, out. Nice. Got to get get some parts uh, taken care of, but uh, I'm pretty excited. Looking, it actually looks pretty good with the trailer and everything all nice. all geared up. With the Bob trailer. And then I looked at it today. It I can put a rack on the back. Don't know what I'd want to do that for, but... Well, yeah, you have a Bob trailer. Yeah. That's your rack. I know, but still. Totally. A, I can it's put the a, versatility. I can put a rack. You know what? So, <laughs> so this past week, all my bikes in my garage right now have racks on them. Right. <laughs> That's the person I've turned into. Right? Rack man. Um... All right, so you got the outline. I'm going to let you oh, sort of drive. Oh, yeah. Through. Hi. We're done? Okay. No, no, I, no. I, I thought, <laughs> no. I thought you were interested in my life. But no, I am. Um, so wait a minute. How many bikes then have racks? I, I, I got ahead of myself. I was thinking ahead. How, How many, many bikes, bikes are, are in your garage two, with racks? Two, three, four. So on your gravel bike, did you, did you ride it with a rack on it this no, week? No, I did not. Okay. Yeah, but after I got home, I put the rack on because I was just I don't know inspired and. Did you ride it with the gravel setup or the road setup? Gravels, road setup. I mean the gearing because you. Yeah. You know, as you yeah. have so eloquently the, put the road. I'm gearing. a mechanic and I can change it. Yeah, I did the road gearing because I wanted to try it. Okay. And it was not enough. No. You didn't have enough climbing. To try to get yeah. up Rawson Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so hike a bike action. I had a hike. I had a hike uh, a couple 
I mean, it's, some some of the inclines got up to ten percent. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, six percent and up, I'm screwed. Four percent, I can. I'm just crying like a baby, anyways. Right. So um, it hurts with that with without extra gearing. Okay. So so steeper than Whitewood. Yeah, Whitewood's only. Uh what's Whitewood? Is it that's the when no? We, I know what's what gradient is Whitewood. I don't. I think remember. Uh, that's like an average four to five. Maybe it gets up to seven or eight at one point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Six at the very there beginning. Yeah, but yeah. that's the thing about dirt roads. Dirt roads don't don't have uh, uh, what's the word uh, traction? No, not traction. <laughs> in the in the in the in the engineering whatever you know civil engineers right when yeah. they design roads they have to do something so that you don't die. You know, driving um, it, driving it. Yeah. yeah, dirt roads don't really have all of that. No, they just plow and go. Correct, up and over the hill and through the dale or whatever that happens to be. So, <laughs> over the mountain and through the hills. Yeah. yeah, and and it was hot, and it was hot. Yeah, we yeah. Did. So I mean, I, I took I took more than a few breaks, and and you know, I was I should have took more water ultimately, right? Um, but I don't know. I didn't plan right, whatever. So that, that, I mean, I never really got worried. Yeah. But it was just kind of like, oh, I'm running out of water. And then you get out into a spot like past the hospital, and you start hitting that. There's really no way to fill up out there there's at that no, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm. I mean, if I did not stop at the hospital, then that would have worried me. That would have been a little problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, we brought JT back this week, like I, I said a, a little bit ago, to uh, to dive deeper into just the actual touring part of our adventure biking arc that we're currently on. Yeah. So I know that uh, him and uh, and Cameron were here two episodes ago, and uh, that one seemed to go long. And after post, we decided that there was more to talk about, so we brought him back individually to, to share and have a few more thoughts on subjects that we thought that they were more prone to or particular to. And I know that JT... Um, bike commuter does gravel biking but one of the things that he's talked most about uh when i first started working with him uh, working with you jt is uh your your coastal trip so in my mind i'm considering you a a bike tour because a bike tourist or someone who really likes to bike touring Mm -hmm. because i think before you left one of the things that you were working on was that chicago to la trip it just kind of in a preliminary pre-planning planning stages. Yeah, yeah. Right now, I mean, we're it's definitely not reached the uh, the you know the napkin sketch in the in the coffee shop, you know, yeah. stage. But you did have maps, and you were lining out days. So that's the reason we brought you back. We yep. wanted to talk. <laughs> we wanted to talk more about that. And uh, I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna turn it over to Jonathan and uh, get this mm-hmm. get this cast a rolling. All right. So actually, I want to rehash our. Um, our, our trip for, for a couple minutes. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, so uh, we, we ended up doing 75 miles-ish, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And then the whole point was to get to Sage, and that was rather successful, except that when we came back, it was hurting a little bit, right? Yeah, the first day went pretty good. It was the second day they really kind of... Right, because yeah. I, I remember looking down, I was going like four miles an hour. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, it was 17% and then another 17% after that. <laughs> the 17% grade, you mean? Or, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, there were some rolling hills. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and then so you were set up in the bike packing mode. Yeah. Back baggage, luggage mm-hmm. area. And then I was set up in the bicycle touring uh, luggage uh, mode. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so... Why did you pick that in the beginning? Um, so, I mean, the reason why I went for the more, you know, essentially, you know, we're talking mostly about rack and panniers versus frame bags and no racks. Yeah. So, I mean, because I've, I've done the three-week tour where you bring, you know, a whole lot of stuff on your rack and panniers. And you'd, the reason you set that up is because it's a longer ride. So it's typically you, you're going to pack a little bit more for a three-week trip than you do a two-day trip. Okay. So that was sort of my experimentation of, okay, so how like, I've never packed for a two-day trip, so let me try it out and see Got it. how it works. So because from my, from my touring bike rig mm-hmm. with biking gear, probably ranged, depending on the day, how much food I was carrying, 
was around about 70 to 80 pounds. Yeah. Bike and gear. Um, this bike came in around about 50. Yeah. Now, I also did freeze my tuchus off. Right. But, but <laughs> out of that 50, what, mm-hmm. what, what is the bike weigh? I mean, if if you had a guess, are you taking are you taking twenty five pounds for the bike and twenty five pounds for gear? Is that sort of what you thought, or is it more gear or more bike? Yeah, with the with the rack and uh, with the rack and the bike on the full touring rig, that was probably a good twenty six, maybe twenty seven pounds. Okay. Um, the the bike packing rig with aluminum frame, carbon fork, and no racks um, was probably just a little over twenty. So you had 30 pounds of gear then is what Roundabout, you, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, on that, c- could you have gone lighter on gear? Um, probably not. That was uh that was actually like, you know, the probably the bare minimum that I would have taken for for anything and I think that tr- that packing sorry, that uh the equipment? The equipment, thank you. That's yeah. the word I was searching for. <laughs> Um, that equipment level, I was, I would say, that's more of a <clears throat> summer packing <laughs> method. Right. Um, when did we go again? Feb- February. Winter. Yeah. Winter. Winter. Yeah. Oh, not okay. summer. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you know, with the with the with the winter, I could probably get it to about fifty five or sixty. Um, summer maybe. About but not like not with frame gear. Not if you went sixty pounds, you would definitely have to have the rack and luggage, right? Depending on how you how you kind of make it work, you know. Depending on what the frame is, you know, you can you can mount stuff on the fork. You can I, I mean, do Kate, look, bags. Play this out. Stuff. Yeah. Like, um, our base weight on backpacking gear. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Is uh, mine is uh, mine is thirty five pounds. Right. My base weight. Right. Right. It ends up being heavier. Wait, when you say hold on, hold on. I think my base weight's even less than that. Because I've always accounted for about twenty pounds of food and water. Of food and water. Hmm. Right? Because six um I usually carry six liters. That's right. twelve pounds right there. Two right. pounds to a to a liter. Okay. And somewhere in there, I guess I'm not carrying eight pounds of food. So maybe fifteen pounds. Okay, all right. So usually I end up around 45 pounds. Okay. Right? Just on the standard. Hmm. It's everything above that gets that gets stupid. Okay, then on since so we're 30 on your, pound 30 pound base weight. Since we're on your trip and you have a a backpacking baseline of 30 pounds, what was different about what you packed on your bike that made right. that, that made it so heavy? Okay, so let's, was that still like before you've Par down your thirty pounds. I, I literally did a weight, whatever high a weigh in a weigh in. Um, let's see. So, like my front, my one of my front, my front panniers at full weight was fourteen pounds, and then my rear panniers at full weight was twenty one pounds. So that was basically thirty thirty pounds. Um, I'm sorry, thirty pounds with the bike. Did I do that right? So you mean thirty pounds on top of the bike? Twenty-one. So you mean empty? So I can't do math right now. So with your panniers and bike empty. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. I'll shut up now. Okay, so (laughs) let me try this again. My bike by itself with the racks is thirty pounds. Okay, empty. That's just the starting weight. Uh huh. Correct. As soon as I put three water bottles on, it's five pounds more. So thirty-five pounds. Okay. And then there's 14 pounds, all my gear up front, and then 21 pounds, all my gear in the back. So 21 plus 14 is 35. 35. I can't add So either. 35 plus 35, for just for three bottles, is 70 pounds. And then now you're adding on two pounds per bottle if I was going to go above that. And I think that time I, I, would, I would carry, I carried about six or seven bottles. Now... Your weight was different than JT's. Did you? Because I, we posted a picture there on our Instagram from your trip. Um, I mean, you had your little your little Patagonia or your down jacket. You were looked pretty cozy at the camp. Yeah. Were you anticipating it to be cold, or that just was the luck of the draw? I'm always cold. That's my problem. So okay. I know 
too. You know, I mean, because I mean, I even carry that extra um, fleece uh, uh, sleeping bag liner, right? Because I need I need to sleep warm. Okay. Versus some people just sleep not cold. Right? right, right, yeah. See, I I just run really, really warm, so I can be in like fifty degrees in a t shirt and shorts, but in twenty degrees I'll be freezing. Yeah. So and, and y'all I estimate just, that it got down below freezing on that trip? Twenty six at least. Yeah, right. I think about. so. That's yeah. that's what we when we looked at the the overnight temps, or whatever. That's that's Fahrenheit for those in the in the U.S. It was there, it was enough that there was frost and the the the, the our water bottles, um, were, had ice in them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So back to, uh, y- you wanted to try out the 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 lighter weight stuff. Yeah, I wanted to see what it would be like on a two day trip and uh-huh. see just how much weight kind of played into it. So here's my so, problem. Mm-hmm. Why would it make a difference whether you were on a two day trip or a fourteen day trip? The gear is still the same. The food changes. Well, so the gear isn't necessarily the same, um, you know. So with on a three week trip, you're gonna be on your own for a lot longer, and so you do have to bring a few more things. So I mean, on the two day trip, I didn't bring a whole lot of tools to you know change my cassette or you know because I would need that to rebuild my wheel if I broke a spoke. Um, carried a couple spokes, carried a couple couple tools that I would need in order to get myself to the next bike shop. If I was out in the sticks somewhere, but if it was okay, a, so I brought my tools because uh, to me it's irre- it's it's irrelevant or of uh, whether I'm forty miles out or four hundred miles out. You still broke a, a spoke. You got to fix it. Right. It's just a little little more unlikely on a two day trip. Come on. On a, on a no on a on a on a three week trip. You know you're putting the bike through its paces and. You know, you're going over rough road on long periods of time. On a two-day trip, you pack a little bit lighter, and you typically don't run into that kind of stuff. But when you carry tube and did you carry tube and CO two? Oh yeah, no. I mean, I carry I carry things that normal people would carry on a regular on a regular bike ride out for a day. Okay, so playing devil's advocate then, mm-hmm. and you're on a, on a three-week trip, and if you're like traveling roads and going through towns, right? Um, that the idea that a bike shop or something could be there, right? Is it wouldn't that uh, wouldn't that prelude to like eliminating some weight or some tools? I mean, I we've seen the bikes coming to the shop, people doing that Chicago to LA thing, and yep. you know they've got spokes and all kinds of stuff taped to their uh, to their chain stays and yep. you know everything like that. But I don't mm-hmm. never really got into how they were packing or what kind of tools. I don't I don't know. It's like I don't when we backpack, I carry like a Leatherman and. And, a and Swiss a little, Army knife and a, and a little bit of duct tape. So mm-hmm. if something breaks or goes wrong, it's it's got to be fixed with duct tape, duct duct tape, and a Leatherman. So I just don't I, see I, the I'm difference. Just, I mean, yeah, I was just right. I, so I mean, the base weight doesn't necessarily change. It's mostly the you know, I mean, your comfort level of how how stranded yeah. you feel like being. Exactly. Yeah, because I mean, there there were certain stretches where we went through like 150 miles and we didn't see a bike shop. And, you know, at the same time, we're also carrying more than a regular two-day trip. So, I mean, you know, it's about a seven, you know, 70 to 80-pound bike for a longer period of time. You're going to want, and and also it's like a you're a lot further away from home, usually. I feel like you're more right than I'm right, you know what I mean? Okay. Okay? Because somewhere... Because again, uh, somehow, uh, let me catch my thoughts here. Um, I see amongst the backpacking community, and even REI does, you know, like, you know, how to buy a backpack, and they're like, for a dude, a two day trip, you you know, here's a forty liter backpack. Right. Multi day trip, here's a sixty five liter backpack. Right. Let exactly. alone I'm rocking around with a eighty five liter backpack. I'm not filling it completely right. per the, my trip. But at least I have an eighty five liter backpack just because I don't want to own four different backpacks. So even though I has even though I'm I'm still not like rocking forty five liters. 
on a two-day trip, like it's still not enough room. It just it so I'm I'm lost, but yet REI coaches it. This is their their consumer buying recommendation. Yeah. Hey, go with a smaller bag because that's all you need for an overnight trip. And I'm like, I can't fit all my stuff in a 45 liter stuff, even in. Yeah, and I. Th- and I think the problem that I have and the problem that I'm probably going to have using this Bob trailer is the ability to, because as you know, I'm famous or infamous or in detriment to myself. I overpack. Yeah, but the Bob trailer bag, if I'm not mistaken, is like a 60 or 80 liter bag. Yeah, but that's that's a lot. I mean, that's what I carry on my back. There it's you like, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. You're fine. Totally. There's a lot of cargo space on that Bob trailer. Oh, there's a lot of cargo space. Like I, literally, I could sit in there. You can tell me. Yes. So we, we've had that discussion. Maybe not with you, yeah. but oh, you have. <laughs> okay. Right. It's like, hey, Jonathan could fit in this. <laughs> Everyone that has seen this, even no, even you could in just, the bag, I could fit in. Everyone's like, Jonathan can just ride. You in need the bag. to pack a Jonathan for a two day trip. <laughs> yeah. So when it yeah. comes when it comes down on the packing thing, then I guess it's going to be with your comfort level of what you feel like hauling. And I understand JT's point about you have more weight and you're driving longer periods. Ergo, there's more chances for something to go wrong. Absolutely, I, yes. I guess is 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 an answer. Prevention is a pound of cure, I guess, for the most part. But in bike touring, maybe a pound of prevention is like you know. A wheel chewing and fixing a broken bottom bracket kind of thing. I yeah, don't know. So, yeah, but so you whenever, can overpack with tools, I think, though. No? Yeah, well, you can overpack with anything. But no. I mean, the so what I, I think w- you can overpack food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Top ramen does not weigh a lot. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. So I mean, I I would say the 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 main thing that to figure out how you actually pack is to just do a dry run. So I mean, oh, I know, did a dry run, all right. No, that was not a dry run at oh, all. What was your dry run? Just <laughs> back and forth to work? No, oh. that was the dry run. Oh, the trip you actually did, you considered a dry run? No, well, okay. So I mean, I yeah, I, so, I actually did, yeah, go go to work with my stuff, and I felt okay, but obviously not hundred miles okay. Well, yeah. I think when we talked two weeks ago or two episodes ago, you said it you it wasn't so much the weight, but it was the weight added to the big distance you were trying to do would you thought the weight would have been any different if you say instead of trying to do a 100 mile overnight trip you did a 40 mile overnight trip no 20 miles out 20 miles back no the weight wouldn't have been different well the weight wouldn't have been different but the effect of the weight would probably be different that's what i mean the effect that the weight had on you well okay i mean and again to jt's point he said what every every three or four uh touring miles to one uh, what uh, one one touring mile to every three or four regular road miles. There you go. Yeah. So a sixty mile day will fill much more than a sixty mile day. Yeah, twenty. Tw- that's a twenty mile day. Well, yeah. I passed out uh, some notes for y'all to look at right there under that. That's some like uh, weight and mileage chart. JT, tell me if if you agree with that. Like a road, forty miles flat, hilly, uh, average fifty five miles a day. On flats or forty miles a day, if it's kind of hilly, off road and rugged, it all it all seriously decreases. Oh yeah, for for the for the most part, yeah, it's it seems about right. So I mean, so what I what I learned on my three week trip that you know, so we were averaging around about sixty five, maybe seventy miles a day, and for how we were packed, I think that's probably pushing it a little bit. Now, what it, what is a riding day? Is it ten hours, twelve hours, or sunlight? depends on the depends on the day really. It's mostly more by miles, um, you know, because it could be a very fast day if you got a tailwind and you set up camp early, or it might be you're chasing the sunset and then you're coming in right as the campsite closes. Um, but yeah, either way. So what I what I learned is you know around about fifty miles. Or thirty five hundred feet of climbing for around how how I, however I was packing, felt comfortable and doable. Dang. Anything anything over that, and I could definitely start feeling like adverse effects. And you know, anytime like when we were in Washington and Oregon, I mean, it got to the point where there were the, on the second day after we had like the first you know twenty five mile days, and like oh yeah, this is cool. The next day was like eighty eight miles. 
which was a big jump to say the least, you know. So, and on that day, we had three good climbs that were in the double digits for grade. So it was 15, maybe 17%. And at, at some point, it wasn't even registering on the Garmin where it was so steep, it would just say, yeah, it's, you're so not even moving at this are point. Are you hiking, biking, or pushing, or walking? Or, you, or, or were you able to pedal everything? Um, with the gears on, on our bikes, we had a lot of underdrive. I'm, <clears throat> underdrive is basically where the gears in the front are smaller than the gears in the back, so you pedal more per, per rotation. So there's more than one rotation of the pedals versus one rotation of the wheel. So that helps with a lot of torque. You don't go anywhere fast, but you have a lot of torque. You just sit there and spin. You just sit there. And basically the the goal is to not stop because you can't start once you've once you're on the once you're on the hill. Um, you know, when once you stop, you can't start again. It's it's you're gonna walk to the to the top of the hill. Cause there's with all the weight on the bike, it it's, starts rolling downhill. It starts rolling <laughs> downhill and it becomes re- in, in that low of a gear, it becomes really hard to actually get it started. So there's actually this one great story of, you know, so I was going up this hill and at, at the time I had down tubes on the, a down tube shifters on the bike. So, you know, I would really, really hammer it down to the low gear and then that would kind of stretch out the cable a little bit. Well, one time when I was going up this hill, the cable stretched out to where it just wouldn't stay, stay in the long gear, stay in the, in the low gear. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I can't do the gear that's, sec you know that's not the lowest gear and i'm not going to stop so i actually took my camera strap wrapped it around the cable because the cable was exposed pulled it tight wrapped it around my top tube and then just kept going and once i hit once i hit the top of the hill wow i adjusted it you know because i was like i'm not stopping because it's a mile you're talking about right there yeah Yeah, so i'm like you know it's that it's that three second decision i'm like (laughs) What do I do? Do I suffer in this gear? Do I stop and walk a mile with the heavy bike? Or but where the hell is your camera strap? That you're able to just grab it and go. Is it like in a handlebar bag or? Right? Yeah, so I had a handlebar bag that had my camera and all of my cold weather gear. So my gloves, shoe covers, uh, arm warmers, leg warmers, and a jacket. And it was all packed in the handlebar bag. And that's pretty much where I kept all of my stuff's going to happen real quick. I better get it really quick. Stuff. Basically, that's crazy, man. I guess so. Yeah, so basically, you know, I was like, I ain't stopping because it's a mile of walking with this heavy bike and I'm not going to be able to get it started. So, yeah, I tied my camera strap around the shifting cable, pulled it over the top tube, and just kept going. <laughs> that's some MacGyver stuff right there. So, where did Heck you get yeah. this chart? And we should probably post this chart for the listeners okay. on their Instagram because um, this is pretty cool. The so. I do a lot of reading and research on Pocket, which is a website that comes up, Got and it. it just gives you magazine articles, mm-hmm. but it allows you to fine-tune your search. So I typed in bike touring, and then now there's like, I come up with 75 different well, magazine apparently articles. apparently you and my wife are able to find articles when you Google that I can never find. Yeah. Whenever I do something, it's like, it ends up taking me to 10 digit, 10 different steps and then it wants to wants me to buy a pocket knife. Yeah. It's just I don't know. That's the reason you have so many pocket knives, right? <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that. Um, that particular uh, chart is on adventurecycling.com. Huh. So, so this is a how far how far can I ride in a day chart? And there's road, off road, and rugged. And then what is it? Forty ish pounds of gear. That's what it says. Hmm. That's not including bike. That's just gear. I, that's it, just gear. Yeah, it didn't break it down. It just gave you that. Like, how far can you ride? This varies depending on your overall fitness, your personal goals, and the style of touring you choose, and the terrain. Here's some tips to plan by, yep. with a bit of bicycle specific training. An average physically fit adult carrying less than twenty pounds, it's additional gear on their bike can expect to travel at an average pace of 65 miles per day on paved roads and still have time to stop and smell plenty of roses. So <laughs> apparently on JT's and my trip, uh, we were in rugged terrain. I'd say half of it was rugged and then the other half was, was Well, because there's yeah. road, off-road, and rugged. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say rugged is the mixture of road and off-road. Rugged, I, uh, I don't know. It's, well... Whatever. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds good. Okay. Sounds about right. So 
I was carrying 40 plus pounds of gear because right. of my water. And therefore, it was hilly. Was it hilly or flat? Hilly-ish. I'd say pretty hilly. Okay, so hilly says 15 miles and flat says 25 miles. Yeah. So even if you split the difference, 20 miles. Right. And we did 45 miles that de- first day. Yeah, so that basically felt like a you know 8,500-mile day almost. I'm awesome. That's all I have to say about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, well. I'm not going to disagree. That, well, Thank we, you, JT. We You're talked welcome. about it, and I gave you props, A, that you're pedaling an 85-pound bike. I mean, no, a hundred hundred pound bike. Was it eighty five? Yeah, it, it was eighty five pounds of gear. Tomato, tomato, whatever. Potato, potato. Okay, let's, we'll just we'll just say eighty five and just leave it at that because a hundred yeah. sounds insane. By the way, I'll just you, we should say a hundred just so that I sound awesome. Okay. Yeah. Awesomely insane, maybe. Yeah. I don't, okay. So a hundred. Yeah, I. You know, I don't like riding 45 miles on a Monday morning with with an inner tube and no, and CO2 true. cartridges. No, right? Yeah, I I get that, right? Yeah, I mean you're it's you're working for it. Yeah, as Cameron said, it's type two fun sometimes. Yeah, but <laughs> the the thing is, and that type two fun, yeah, I understand that. It's like you you you, and I guess that's the reason when when people talk about like childbirth because. Why do you have, you know, it says after you have your first kid, you don't ever have another one. And then they forget and, you know, the pain or the. Or, or, I don't know if they really call that type two fun, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with that one. But um, you at some point know you're going to suffer. So I don't know. I mean, but is that where. I, think, I was tired that, that first day during yeah. the day. Yeah. But it wasn't like. It didn't hurt. Okay, so I don't when did it start hurting? hurting. It was second the sec- day. It was the second day. That it was just like you had the soreness from the first day, no pain, and then you had no all of the super steep climbs. Because uh-huh. the beginning of the day was it was hilly, but it wasn't super steep. That sage road thing, yeah, that one really hurt. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, from that from was... Aguanga Aguanga three seventy one highway. When we turned off, that that's when hurt. it got stupid hilly. Yeah, and it was. Super punchy hill, downhill, and then you basically go right back up the hill. Yeah. And you can just, it's. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so well, did you, I mean, did you feel like you could have trained more on that one or like, you're, do you think it was like, eh. do you think it would have made a difference? Eh. <laughs> well, so I mean, it's, it's funny because. Sure, it's always going to be a difference. You know that. That's a fact, right? right yeah. Because I, well, because I just say that because. Um, on the on the three week trip, I actually didn't really have nearly as much training as the other two guys that I went with, you know. So they were all you know retired guys who had money and time, two things that I did not have at that point. Um, so basically, all of my training was just what I could fit in between you know to and from work, and you know I was banking on the fact that uh, I'm young and I'll bounce back quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also says that riding uh, as as you ride if on a three trip, you'll progressively get better and better yeah. shape as you go. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, on the but you, you on have the last to have day, legs. Yeah. You have to have legs to start because the Just the note start, yeah. the note it says here you should physically you'll be physically ready if you can do back to back day rides that are as long or longer than you are planning your tour and feel like you could ride again on the third day, which is probably where you miscalculated, right? Mm-hmm. Because you didn't get to back-to-back days, the second no. days where it, where it hurt. Yeah, yeah. right. And then right. it's like, say you're doing the back-to-back and you're not feeling really good on the third. I guess this all goes to the trip planning. Can it really throw you off if you take an extra rest day? I mean, if you're if you're gauging your whole trip by miles, it doesn't matter if you take if you put an extra rest day in the middle of it, does it? Say say you rode three days. And it's like instead of doing a fourth day, let's just stay another night here and right. pick it up on the fifth day. Does yeah, that, does that throw the planning in topsy turvy or? Uh, well, I mean, it, it all depends on how the you know the situation of the trip. So in our three week trip, you know, we basically had like I could only take three weeks off of work before they'd be like, "Hey, you got to come back to work," right? So you know, in that sense, yes, we were, you know. If we you were cut on, a day, you were on a mileage agenda, pretty much, yeah. To so get, we to get we, the trip done in three. We weeks. had three weeks to do the trip, or you know, basically, and you know, in an emergency, yeah, okay, I could probably take an extra day or two, but it would still suck to do that. Um, so within day eight, 
we were already one full day behind schedule. And, you know, essentially that day where we were supposed to be by the end of the day was 160 miles away. And we're like, that's not going to happen because we're struggling to make 60, 70, maybe 80 miles a day. And we're going through some of the more hilly parts of Northern California and Oregon to where they don't believe in grades. They just go straight up. They just go straight up the mountain. So, you know, at that point, you know, and you, I feel like you always have to plan for something to go wrong on something that long because it's not a matter of if, but when. You know, so on the on the trip that I did, I broke four spokes in the rear wheel. Um, I had a, you know, and a, a sore Achilles tendon for actually probably about two weeks of the whole trip. Um, <clears throat> does it sound fun yet? Uh <laughs> Apparently type two fun. I'm not sure. But, you know, so... No, I mean, you yeah. have to know... Well, even planning a backpacking trip, you have to know... I mean, you, you know it's going to suffer. It's going to... Things are going to hurt. But it's the getting out and seeing and, and being where other people aren't, I think, that's kind of the draw too, right? Oh, yeah. Well, because like the, the, way, the, the way that we looked at it, we were in a new camping spot every single day. And the, the coolest part was since we were coming north to south... Um, when we were up in Washington, it didn't get dark until 1130 in the summer. Wow. And then we would see the sun get progressively lower sooner and sooner and sooner as we made our way south. And that to us was like, wow, we're actually we're we're going distances to where we can actually see the change in and how the you know, and how the sun looks, you know, and so but I mean, get, getting back to, you know, where the where we were for the 60 day trip. There was one day in Washington where we had pouring rain, then sunshine, then pouring rain, then sunshine about six times. Now, if it would have picked a date or just be raining, it'd be totally different, but you go five miles and you're, you know, you're soaked and then you got to put your stuff on and you go another five, six, seven miles you're starting to get real hot because it's real sunny now. And then so you basically, basically that day was cut short because we're like, it's not raining and it might rain again. Let's set up camp. But that was a happy accident because that day just happened to be where there was a campsite 50 feet away from the shoreline of the Columbia River. And it was not too shabby, (laughs) not too shabby. Yeah. And it's weird because you have all these, you have all these happy accidents on, on trips like this. I mean, there, I mean, whenever you push yourself that far and you're on your own for that, that long, you know, it, it really does kind of reel you back a little bit. You know I mean? I go, I go through my, through my, my travel journal and I can see like, first day it's like you know my handwriting's quite nice and you know i'm super happy and then as i as i I can tell i can tell the bad days are a little more scribbly (laughs) but then there's this one day where i think it was this was what day 13 or 14 and normally i try and write a page maybe a page and a half this journal entry was only two sentences (laughs) where it goes like another five another five thousand feet of climb Achilles hurts like hell, and the campsite has satanic mosquitoes. Good night. <laughs> so, so I know you're a journal, and I'm, and I'm jumping ahead. I, I think it's on Jonathan. Do you journal, Jonathan? Do you keep record of your trips, backpacking or otherwise? Do you do you write or keep a journal on your adventures? That's a firm no. Okay. Have you thought about it, or just never really? That's too much work. Really? You guys are crazy. <laughs> I mean, Anybody I'm, else feel I'm, that three-second pause? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at JT's journal. I'm like, there's there's a lot of words on there. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, I actually was looking at it earlier. Complete so. with doodles as well. It's ain't ain't pro- nobody got time for that. Yeah. Oh, come on. So you, Every, everybody needs a everybody needs a meter to tell you how much you're suffering in, in a day. Um, so you, you just, uh, well, I know that you're a big, uh, you might not journal. I like taking my selfies, but you take pictures. So that's a form of journaling. So that's how you recall the trip is the pictures and looking. Sure. That's just me buying into social media, uh, (laughs) frenzy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got a suckle meter in his journal. I know. What's going 
doing here? Well, I, I, I know on our trips, I haven't journaled like at the actual campsite, but I've journaled. Really? You're a journaler? Yeah. Big time. I write a lot. Yeah. I, I like it. I like Sorry. it because you can look back at, at it and then you can see kind of where your where your head was at that day. You know, was it a good day? Was it a bad day? You know, and you actually when you when it's all fresh in your mind, it helps you remember it and it kind of takes you back there. It, I mean, I in in my journals I've talked about trips to Joshua Tree, like back uh-huh. when I was in the Marine Corps. I my my Kuwait and Iraq trip are all uh-huh. journalized and written. Yeah. You know, for just for notes. Hey, I mean, I ain't, I ain't knocking it, right? I mean, yeah. you gotta you gotta find a way to decompress or whatever, right? Um, I guess I just it's just it's never occurred to me if 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 ever a journal was ever to happen, it would be the fact that I would write letters home, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I would write letters home, and then my wife would have kept those letters, and when I'm 80 years old, I go, oh, here's my letters, right? right. By the way, that comes from a movie, you know what I mean? So. You know, taking pictures has been is the fun part because right. I just have to push a button and I don't have to work that hard to think about it. Yeah. Um. So okay, no. well then on 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 a more when you look at your pictures after a trip, do you ever do you ever? I look at my pictures a lot, by the way. But do you do you think about what was happening in that moment or that totally? Time? Oh, okay. Yeah. So then you're journaling, but you're just photo journaling. You're using your pictures to help recall a moment or a memory. From that, instead of writing it down, he's sure. documenting his experience. I am a photojournalist. Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, I was just, I was just wondering if you wrote or if you kept. No, no. I mean, I, I, I think writing is way more sophisticated than being a photojournalist. But you know, so um, yeah, I commend you guys for taking the time to do that. But no, uh, uh-uh. I feel commended. No, I, you know, I, 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 I'd rather be smoking a cigar at the end of the night with some fireball. there it is oh you know the way to my heart yeah you know but hey so to the cockles of your heart (laughs) to the cockles (laughs) my cockles have hearts (laughs) what is it my cockles have hearts no your heart has cockles and 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 i don't know cockles of your heart (laughs) today's journal entry hiked brutal camp fun cigar enjoyable and oh yeah fireball (laughs) see that's as simple as it has to be um what else okay, you- all right, okay, all right. Let me we digress. Um okay, so how did you plan for how much pre-planning did you do for each campsite? Uh so this is actually, you know, I do have to, you know, give a shout out to to my buddy Fred who was the the guy who actually planned it pretty much every day out almost to the point where it was an itinerary. You know, so we had we went by the Adventure Cycling Association maps that you know basically have, you know, here are campsites along the way. These are the best routes for bikes. Here are bike shops in the area. You know, all the things that you would need that would be perfect for a bike tour. It's hmm. on that map. Hmm. You know, and the and these maps were like you know waterproof, super tough, tear resistant, all the kind of things that you can think of. <clears throat> Not a sponsor. I just like them. <laughs> I've you know I legit have looked up the adventure cyclings yeah, yeah. Uh, resources yeah so essentially and so 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 we planned ahead for the most part but plans always I feel like plans always change or get adjusted on a trip that's this long because essentially we had campsite 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 and that was basically it but then you know after you know a couple of the days we're like hey here's twenty dollars for this campsite. $30 for this campsite. But then one of the guys at the other campsite was like, why don't you do the hiker biker sites? And we had never known about that. So basically, you know, for, for the most part on the rest of the trip, we could do hiker biker sites that were specific to, you know, is anybody this California? Was this Oregon, Washington, Washington, California, uh, Oregon and California. Okay. So FYI, um, the state, Parks. It's the state parks. Have yeah. hiker biker campsites. Yes. Where you can roll in uh, before the kiosk closes. Yes. And you pay approximately six dollars in California. That's I know that much. Uh, to uh, get a parcel of land that you end up sharing with other biker hikers. 
Yes. Not necessarily. Because, I mean, we, so we were in the same area as if, you know, as, as in, you know, the, the RV parks are in the same area. Okay. So we still have our, for the most part, our own campsite. Oh. I mean, now, I mean, 10 or 12 steps in a certain direction. Sure. There might be somebody else. Yeah. But it kind of helps break it up because you're not nearby all the, all the partiers and all the glampers and yeah, that kind of right, stuff. Right, right. Um, but it's purely a lock-in thing. It, yeah, no, you have there's to no walk in or bike in. There's yeah. no reservation, but there's always one open. Right. And, you know, right. we basically went for five, uh-huh. six on, I think the highest we ever paid was $10. So I've seen that Washington and Oregon are very hiker-biker friendly. Yes. Northern California, like we're talking, not Redding, but along the coast of yeah of that latitude mm-hmm. degree angle um that's where they're still accommodating but as soon as you hit san francisco and below it's like they don't care anymore oh no no we 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 found a couple as far as like you know there was one in uh san luis obispo and i forget exactly where it is but um and then there was the last campsite that we had was uh refugio just about 15 miles north of golita Okay. And that was that was the most expensive one that we had, but it was ten dollars. But I mean, uh-huh. you were fifty feet okay. away from the beach. But from there down south, it gets stupid, and there's like no yes. more. It turns Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara, and South, it gets pretty pretty sparse. Yeah, right. Oh, for and, real. So and then you have all L.A. County beaches that I ain't gonna even touch you. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a state park thing. It's it's a it's a by park type of thing, or. Well, yeah, yeah. So it's just because it's a state park doesn't mean that any state park does it. Okay. It's yeah. Well, oh, that's what I was is, under the impression of. Uh, select most of them do, but select not all of them. State parks within the states offer that feature. I mean, just in the same way that you know, hey, um, our park is um, uh, uh, whatever regular camping only, not RV only, or you know, yeah. or, or you know, vice versa, right? Right. So. They're just that they I they have chosen to accommodate hiker biker people, you know. So, um, that's why I found San Alijo. Okay. Right. And by the way, the California California State Parks' website sucks <laughs> when it comes to like there's no filter, there's no selection that go, hey, give me every park that, that has can... this hiker biker you know site. Uh huh. Right. So you literally have to know. What park you're thinking of, and looking at look it up, <laughs> and, and then, then you find whether it's doing it or not. So then, if it doesn't have and you pull into a state park, then it's just like you're a regular tent camper, RV camper, or if you don't have an RV, they're not. I mean, a reservation, they're not letting you in. Yeah, correct. Okay, right. You know, I mean, they're they're going to treat you just like a car. It, okay, hold on. Let's let's say this one more time. So, if if the park does not have a hiker biker site and you just pull in, then you're they're gonna treat you like a car right. campsite and you're gonna pay the twenty five or thirty dollars for that if, campsite. If it because most if state it's parks available. they're all, all Yeah, like they're re- all booked out, out right? six months in advance. Most yeah. of the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's yep. depressing. That yep. is depressing. That's why I've had a hard time down here. Which is the thing that uh, that I've brought up on the previous two episodes. It's like on a on backpacking, we can load up and and from here, there's uncountable places, trailheads that we can go yeah, backpacking. Totally. So not as much planning. We plan a campsite. We look at it, but and I think that the 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 disadvantage or the downside to the bike packing or bike touring thing is. Not knowing where you're going to be able to stay and having to do more planning. Southern California does not have the bicycle infrastructure, right? Period. Nor the resources to facilitate that infrastructure. Uh, that's my complaint. Yeah. Period. We have a long way to go. There's something about Northern California. Northern California should be its own state, by the way. Right. That's my one <laughs> political statement for the night, you know, because it's not like Southern California. Right. What, the, whatever decisions they made for Southern California is very unlike Northern California. You know, it's very polarizing once you go up there. Yeah, it it, it really feels and acts like a different state. They, they, I, they, 
I don't understand why there's so much public land up north. It's weird. Because everybody want to live in SoCal, yo. And therefore, the money the money follows it, right? In Los Angeles, and 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 properties out of value, so they're not worried about it. At this I'm juncture, I think we have more luck just planning trips to people's houses and camp in their backyard. <laughs> you know, that actually brings up something. So there's actually this service um, for specifically for bike touring called Warm Showers. So I forget exactly how it works, but basically um, people open up their houses to yeah. people, you know, yeah. traveling across right. the So across you the can country. you can um, y- you can register on warmshowers.com uh, and you can offer to be a host and or you can offer to be a uh, recipient. Their request is that at one point and another in your life, you become a host. Right, that you allow, that yeah. you take in. Correct. Give and take. Yeah. Right, yeah. to give and take. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that someone will open up, up something of their house slash property um, for you to uh, stay at. Right. And so you can you you almost book it in advance like a kind of an Airbnb, but you don't have to pay for anything. Yeah. Um, and then right. so as a host, I can say... I can make it where um, okay, you can sleep, you can be in my backyard, uh, no and en- no entry to the house, you know. Um, therefore, no showers, no bathroom, whatever. You just you know, you're on the, my property. Yeah. Otherwise, other times it's sure you can have a room, you can sleep on the couch, you can do all those things, you know. And certainly, some people are going to be very trusting of you know that, right? Mm-hmm. And and warm showers is trying to help you. Um, filter out or at kind of the airbnb hold, for the bicycling hold touring accountable era. the people kind of, yeah. that you know mm-hmm. um are signing are going to be in your house yeah but still it's kind of scary in my opinion oh yeah you know yeah but maybe but yeah. that's the southern california philosophy too though so. yeah so i mean so i mean yeah when we were when we were planning the trip you know we we knew that there was going to be some sort of element of the unknown so if all you know you know, all hell broke loose. We were prepared to, you know, sleep on the side of the road if yeah. we had to. Now, did we have to? No, thankfully not. But we were still prepared to do that if we had to. So you made it every time. We made it every time. Yeah. Even though you were 160 miles off grid one time. Yeah. So essentially, once we hit Oregon and we were on the coast, be something about how the weather works in the summer. There is a ripping tailwind that just pushes. I mean, there was one time I was going, I I stopped pedaling, and I didn't slow down in two miles. Wow! And I and you know whenever I hit you know a double digit hill, I would instantly be in my lowest gears. I was climbing halfway up the cassette, still in my small ring, but I was still halfway up the cassette. I could not feel anything. Like it, I felt like I was powered by a motor. Wow, the wind was pushing you that much. The wind much. was pushing me that much, and that's what kind of allowed us to make up. So basically, when we figured, we looked at each other and said, "Hey, we're having a really good day. Do you want to make up some time on this day? Got you it. know, because we would get to our mile marker, you know, for that day at around noon, maybe, and then we'd be like, "Well, we got four or five hours left. I mean." Let's hammer it out. Let's yeah. you know, so the second to last day, we looked at each other and said, "Hey, we can either do ninety miles and go to an okay campsite, or we can go a hundred miles, have bragging rights, and have a really awesome campsite. Wow! And then have the next day only be fifteen miles. Got it. So we did the hundred miles just so we could because we were waking up at you know." Six o'clock, leaving campsite by seven, seven thirty. Some days I will admit I was a little slow to pack up and we probably left at eight. But, you know, that day we didn't leave camp till ten o'clock. And it, you know, we didn't put our gloves on. We weren't we didn't have our map to look at. Yeah. We didn't those are we, nice times. We didn't even have like our, our cycling clothes. We were just in our casuals. Right. Nice. Like, we were just because we were like, it's fifteen miles of really good highway road with a really awesome shoulder that, you know, everybody gives us room on. We're like, this is awesome. And it was 4th of July to be, you know, to kind of set it off. And then we went into, 
Santa Barbara, had some awesome Mexican food, and then took the train back to L.A., had a day at you know Oliveira Street, and then took the Metrolink back home. And that was the last day. And at the, now, the first thing I thought about was, I'm so glad I don't have to ride tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but at the second time, that you know, in that same sentence, I was like, "What am I gonna do next?" And already, I was thinking of like, you know, what am I? What am I gonna do next? So you know, um, during my training, um, you know, I I did I did ride to work fully packed. Yeah. Right, you know, ride home, things like that. And we all kind of rode together as well. We, we did. We were, uh, yeah, we were doing a few of those. Like right? We had a couple of couple of uh, you know frame bags, and we all just kind of rode to. I think we rode. Yeah, rode here. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like that's uh, that's actually enjoyable that training, even though even though I I'm not camping. Right. But to be fully loaded and how the bike reacts and things, how it behaves rather. Yeah. Um. Like. I'm totally not against doing that just even on a on a day's ride. Well, you know, once 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 the horse gets shooed and ready to go, uh-huh. Don't think I'm not loading up the trailer right. and riding <laughs> to work. I mean, honestly, I right, totally. I, I'm not just going to jump on it and go blind. I need to right. know how it's going to handle uh-huh. going down hills. Oh yeah, it, no, it, yeah. It totally helps cuz it it uh-huh. the weight on the bike totally changes how it handles. Yeah. So you just but, you know, couple of rides here and there you'll kind of get a feel for it i need to take you guys out on that rawson road yeah again you know tim ketter told me about it and it's i really like it it's, it's very fun. quiet there are houses off there but they're ranch right. homes or whatever yeah. and i mean it's eight seven miles seven miles is it all dirt up? road oh it's just dirt road dirt road, dirt road well, up, and, up down, and down yeah. you know, you so know it's, there's you know, two big ups two big ups yeah everybody talks about the big ups on Rosslyn Road yeah so but I just it's fun it's just it's good it's challenging enough it's a good one so so you consider yourself I mean are do you do you call yourself a bike tour a bike tour or touring bicyclist a touring bicyclist I'd say yeah adventure cyclist because I kind of you know am in the bike packing bike bicycle touring commuting Anything that's got two, you know, a set of wheels and a set of pedals. Yeah, I'm probably on it some in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm. I mean, it's been it's been enlightening. It's it's crazy, and the more like the more reading I did today, leading up in the week leading up to this episode, it's like it can be fun, but I I, I, I a lot of times though I don't know that that it's like backpacking. I think you can overthink a lot of things. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not on the right vein, mm-hmm. but I think just uh, gear up and, and, and go. You know, I will tell you this, like, you know, so obviously I, I haven't gone mountain biking with you guys in a, in a few weeks. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not finding, you know, joy out in, of in mountain that. biking. Whereas right. again, I mean, I could, I really cons- have always considered myself a mountain biker. Right. Right. And, and I, I even, I used to tell people, um, uh, I'm a mountain biker at heart, right? But right now, I'm a I'm a road bike, but road biker, right? Right for functionality, for convenience. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I don't like going out on, on like almost day day bike trips or two hour bike bike rides. Right, like our group ride. Yeah, yeah. Nor do I even like going on a day hike, per se. Yeah. Like, fine, it's an activity, hmm. but like a true sense of adventure to me would be to camping at the end of your day hike. Camping of the day to just to stretch it out into a full day, you know, type yeah. thing, right? Not, okay, hold on. It could be a full day. Right. When I say full day, though, I'm talking like 10 hours. Full day. Full day. No half day. Not full like. Day. Uh, you know, two hour ride and I'm going to get home and then I'm going to, you know, run errands and wash the dog and take a nap, take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So two hours seems like a waste of my time in my, in my head, like just whatever stupid, weird thing I got going on. Hmm. So I don't want to do that. I don't even want to go for two hour hike, you know, 
You want to go out there and take it full advantage of the day off. I want to see a sunset. I want yeah. to breathe it in. I don't want to be in a rush. Just like Disneyland, right? Right. Like I want my pa- I want my my annual pass. Yeah. So that way, like I don't I can just chill. Right. right? So I love the chilling aspect of it versus oh, it's a two hour ride and got to be back in two hours and you know whatever. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I just got a, a sign of pooping in a hole. Uh, I like pooping in a hole. It doesn't. It's not a requirement, JT. <laughs> but certainly, it's, like it certainly, it's a bonus. <laughs> okay. But you know, I mean, so all that to say is that, like, you have just banned yourself from anybody that's going to allow you to, to do warm I showers. Warm showers. You're not <laughs> camping in my backyard. Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, why can't I? <laughs> Your dog poops in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyhow, we digress. Um I have fallen I have been more attracted to this whole let's call it adventure biking. Okay. Because I'm attributing it it's got the same f- aspects of say the backpacking portion of it, okay. right? Because you have your gear and you don't know where you're going to end up, right? Like I have planned for backpacking trips. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go nine miles and it's gonna be twenty five hundred feet, and then three miles in, I'm like, ah, this is a good spot. <laughs> yep, <That's laughs> you know how what I mean, yeah. right? And I love that. I love the fact that I was able to go. I'm three miles in. I, I got, I got nothing to prove to anyone. I don't I, care. I.e., our Baldy trip. Hey. Let's just camp at the hut. At the hut. Yeah. Right. Just camp. I got at- no issues. Right. So that, that that that's part of that adventure cycling thing too, right? Yeah, you never know where you're going to end up, and there's always it's it's the it's the unknown that's always really really attractive, and it's the thing that I'm kind of most addicted to. I think, you know, so I always think, what am I going to do? Because I want that experience again. Yeah, you know, and I and it yeah. really is addicting because well, I. Yeah. The more I talk about it, the more we're doing it. And it's like, you know, I, I do the road ride. I do, do the two-hour thing. I do the two-hour mountain bike ride, and I go to bike parks. Mm. But I think, like like Jonathan I says, I think the next step for me is to combine that that mm. a, that adventure and the, bike packing, uh, the backpacking part that mm. I like and marry it to bicycling and see how the two yeah. see how the two come out. Right. You yeah. know, I I could do the, do a trip and realize, man, I don't I don't like biking with a trailer. I'd rather just right. take the mountain bike and hit jumps. Right, right. You know, so right, right. So now, now, yeah. and don't get me wrong. I mean, the reality is, we don't have that much time in our lives. Right. So that's why you end up resorting to the two hour rides. You know yeah. what I mean? And the two hour hikes. That's just that's reality. So, yeah. but you if know. you did it every day, then it wouldn't be as special, would it? Okay. Touche, right? Hey. So let's hold on. So let me, if I understand you right, you're saying if I went camping every day, backpacking every day, bike pa- bike camping every day, it wouldn't be as special. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're doing it all day, every day for you know an extended period of time, one of these days you're going to be like, yeah, no, fine, right? I'm so pretty tired. There's a novelty. I think I'm gonna go home. There's now. a novelty. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, na- a novelty to it because you don't get to do it very often. Right. Whereas, fine, it does get monotonous every day you're doing a two-hour ride. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, we're doing the same loop again. Yep. We're doing that again. Yeah, because right. no, uh, yeah, there, there was one day where... You that's know, exactly I'm, what I'm struggling with. There was, there was one day where I was, I was this close to quitting. Because there was so much wrong going in that day, you know, mm-hmm. I had, we were doing all of our climbing mm-hmm. in you know ninety plus degree heat. I was going through water. My Achilles was hurting like mm-hmm. you know hurting like hell, and and then you know when I finally get to the campsite, you know everybody. I mean, I'm definitely in a mood like I'm just totally just burnt out. Yeah. And then these people next to me, you know. You get the guys who are like, "Oh, hey, where are you coming from?" And you're like, "Oh, we're going there. Oh, that's so cool." And you, you hear it all the time mm. but you know these people ask me hey where are you going i'm like oh yeah we're going from seattle to santa barbara and they're like wow no way do you want to come over and have some food i'm <laughs> like yes <laughs> yeah and they had like yeah you know jalapenos wrapped in cheese and bacon and i'm like this is the universe telling me everything will be okay 
And I mean, even with backpacking trips or anything that you do, you're always going to have that day where it's not fun. So, <clears throat> excuse me, so I have to rally and get through it. So, I'm sorry. That seems like every trip with you, Jeff. <laughs> huh. <laughs> well, maybe that's the reason we haven't done a trip in a while. I don't know. <laughs> well, JT, um, thank you. I think it's very been very enlightening. Um, so if, if I take anything out of it, packing and trip planning are, are like very important aspects of this whole bike touring thing. I feel like that's... The, that would be the takeaway is how to pack, what to pack, and then knowing your mileage and what you're going to be doing on each yep. given day. Because trip planning and packing seem to be the things that's going to, that's going to drive the adventure. Absolutely. And the only way you can figure out if you've got it right is if you go out and try it. Yeah, go out and do it. Well, ah, I it's, mean, it's, I, it's I, happening. So we, we have the weekly update on, on, on the horse and carriage build that I'm working on <laughs> for, for adventure biking. And I feel like it's going to be a September, October yeah. thing. No, that's what we were actually was talking with Vinny today about. It probably be like September, October. Well, we still got to do San Gorgonio yes. before it gets cold. And yeah. September, yeah. October, right, is the deal. Because right. November, you're officially like... Yeah, we could get Not, snow. Yeah. And, and then we're <laughs> ice axing and stuff like that. So, um, well, thanks. Um, I think there's plenty more to, to discuss on this subject, and we will continue the arc. But uh, we have other topics to be discussing as we continue to pull the curtain back on bicycling. I believe our next episode, we're going to be taking a bit of a soiree or a detour and talking with two listeners who just spent 30 days on the road and talked to them about their van life. Nice. Looking forward to Bruce and Lily being in studio with us and talking about their past two summers they've done this. And then this year they... Unreal. That's uh, rad. So it's going to be fun. Hey, Jonathan, look. JT, look right over there. Yep, you can see it from here. That's the weekend. Hey, everybody, get out. Enjoy your weekend. Ride a bike, hike, sit at the house, do nothing. But have fun on your weekend. Jonathan, thank you as always. It's been a pleasure. JT, thanks for coming back and sharing your insight and wisdom on the whole bike touring thing. And I'm looking forward to it. So uh, Always thanks, happy guys. to show people the light. There you go. Thanks, Jonathan. I'm done running. <laughs> I think I'm going to go home now. I'm going to go home now. <laughs> I'm finished. All right, guys. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye.